to Light Warrior Radio, where our intention is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's prosperity, radiant health, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, best-selling author of Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, a Holistic Approach. And for my free Light Warrior Empowerment Kit, just go to lightwarriorsupport.com, and it's perfect for people that are sensitive souls who are you know, going over um, symptoms of overwhelm and things like that. And my very, very popular clearing protection spray formula is absolutely free for you to download there. So today I'm super excited because uh, one of my colleagues and friends, Dr. Ellen Wong, is with us. So let me share a little bit about, um, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. So I went through really horrible burnout in my 30s. Now, my mom did it when she was in her 40s, had to leave work, had to be disabled. I went through it in my 30s, and I never thought in a million years that that would happen to me because, you know, I thought I was doing all the right things. I was eating right. I was exercising. You know, um, I, you know I, I just never thought. I just thought that people didn't try hard enough, you know what I mean, and, and that's why they got sick. Uh, but I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, fibromyalgia, then depression, then was suicidal. Um, and something I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know everything. And this is what my patients feel like. Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. So I had to go through it myself in order to, you know, really process it, become compassionate, understand what's going on. But, boy, if I had someone like Dr. Ellen Wong that could have helped me back then, uh, boy, I, I probably wouldn't have spent so much time you know, on self-research, you know, trying to figure out what I should eat, you know, what, what I should do, supplements. I mean, that would have been even faster track uh, to what I was doing. So I was super excited to share Dr. Ellen's expertise with you today uh, because there's so many of us, especially us sensitive souls, going through burnout, going through stress out. And, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I got to the point where, you know, when I was stressed out and burnt out, if somebody even said to me, you know, oh, you should meditate, I would be like, yeah, stop it. You know, like I was just so, like, angry and upset at that point. And if somebody just told me to calm down or meditate, I would just would have lashed out at them. I was just so sick of hearing what I should do. And so I just wasn't in that place. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have someone, you know, to really help me. So I had to kind of do it all by myself until I found my spiritual healer. And that was, you know, really amazing. But a lot of people go through this stress and then they go through burnout, not even knowing that they're going through burnout. Um, you know, and we're, we're going to go over kind of some of the steps. Um, Decision-making steps are super, super important. If you want to cut your <laughs> burnout recovery time in half or more, uh, listen to the show. And by the way, you can call in to get some expert mentoring coaching from Dr. Ellen today. The number to call in is 818 818- 514-1190, just hit one so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190. And then I'm going to be opening up the chat in a few minutes as well. So if you're online with us and not calling uh, through the phone, you can actually post your question in the chat as well. So we'll be opening up the phone lines later if you want to get some expert mentoring from a naturopath, Dr. Ellen uh, Wong, who's an expert in burnout. So let me share a little bit about her before I introduce 
uh, her to the show. So she has helped uh, over the last 10 years um, many, many, many people feeling stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted to develop the skills to feel more calm, capable, and confident. And what she's most passionate about is creating a world of, you know, that's free of limiting beliefs so we can live each day feeling happy and fulfilled by the work that we do. And you can actually follow Dr. Ellen on social media. She's actually on Instagram, so Dr. Ellen, um, dr.ellen.nd, so that stands for a naturopathic doctor. She is uh, also on Facebook. So on Facebook, she's uh, Ellen Wong, and um, she also has a private Facebook group, which you can apply to join. It's called the Illumination Circle. I love that name. So on Facebook, you can go and check out the Illumination Circle. So Dr. Ellen, and that's free to join. Um, so you don't have to buy anything to join it. And there's a lot of great advice and tips. And, you know, if you're going through burnout, you know someone's going through burnout, please, you know, refer them to the group and join the group as well. And she's got some pretty amazing advice. Uh, I mean, that piece of her, I won't go into my story, but uh, I was talking to her not that long ago at one of our events. And she gave me a little piece of advice about tidying up. And she's incredibly intuitive. And guess what, guys? She's an earth angel. <laughs> I'm not sure if she wanted me to say that, but I'm going to tell you guys. So she is one of our drives. She's a sensitive soul, and that's why I love her so much. And uh, without further ado, welcome, Dr. Ellen, to the show. Yay! Super excited. Oh, muted. Okay, hang on. There we go. <laughs> I was oh, I was just saying what a wonderful introduction. That's That's amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So let's share a little bit about, uh, like, just you. Like, how did you decide to become a naturopathic doctor in the first place and then get into kind of the stress and burnout specialty? Oh, my goodness. What a, okay, so um, you and I have had, you know, multiple conversations about divine paths and things happen for a reason and all that. And so I was completely and utterly set up for um, to be an optometrist. Like, that was going to be my thing. Oh. And I um, applied, it, so, so, so to apply to go into optometry uh, in Ontario, you have to write an entrance exam. So lo and behold, I spend, you know, a whole year studying for the exam. I write my application, send everything in. And then the day that I show up at the exam, they ask for your ID. And I brought my um, driver's license at the time for my ID. And they told me that my ID, which at that point only had like the phonetic translation of my Chinese name, because that's what was on my birth certificate um, oh. on my driver's license. And that was my name. But all of my school records had the name Ellen Wong. And they told me that even though my driver's license has my picture and all that kind of stuff, they couldn't prove that I was the same person. And <laughs> security escorted me out of the exam room. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So I was removed from the exam after, you know, having studied the whole year for it. And and then at that point, you could only write the exam like once, I don't know, it was like once every six months or once every year. So then I had nothing to do for this many months. And I like did not know what to do with myself. And I was devastated because this was the thing that I was, you know, this was what I decided to do. And I couldn't believe it. And like, literally the person was like, I can't, I know this picture looks like you, but I can't prove that it's you. And so, you know, getting escorted out by security from a test center is rather traumatic. And then, um, so then I started looking into various options. And honestly, it was just by complete fluke. One of my 
girlfriends had also looked into naturopathic medicine and she was like, you know what? Like, I think this might be a great, and I actually didn't really know this program existed. I just knew of it, but I didn't really look into it that deeply. And she was saying how it's the perfect fit for me because it combines um, a couple of things that I love, which is biology, psychology, and acupuncture. And so in naturopathic school, we kind of learn all of these things. And when I looked into the program, I was like, you know, just having read the website, I'm like, this is for me. This is exactly what I want to do. And I applied and I got in and that's kind of how I started. But I always kind of think back how if it wasn't for that lovely gentleman who, you know, at the time I was very upset at him, but like (laughs) now I feel like I should thank him because he's the reason that I started on this career that I, I love. So anyways. It is everything oh, that's happens amazing for a reason. Story. I, I, I didn't know that story, Ellen, and it's so funny because I wanted to be an optometrist too, and uh, my optometrist really? who I love, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Larry Sheldon, I actually toured the facility. I was like so in love with that facility in Waterloo, and, and he said to me, are your, how good are your grades? I said, they're really good. He goes, you know, you should go into medical school because you're going to be too bored. I was like, What? Here's my favorite person, you know, telling me, and I, I was so upset at the time, but then I was like, you know, maybe I should listen to it, but actually, <laughs> I didn't even know about natura- I didn't even know about naturopathy back then. I mean, that would have been a much better fit than medical school for me, but it is what it so is, too. and it was for a purpose. Yep. So <laughs> that's where we are today. Um, so what about the stress burnout? Uh, how did you decide to kind of become an expert in this area? So this was kind of my own little journey through going through um, naturopathic school. It's It was really tough. I mean, at that time, again, and this is, now I'm dating myself, but I think it was like more than 10 years ago. Oh, for sure it was more than 10 years ago. Um, uh, you know, we had like 13 courses in a semester or something like that. And it was just exam after exam and quiz after. And we just never stopped for four full years. And um, at that point, I mean, I didn't know people like you in my life who would have taught me better kind of boundaries. But, you know, when you spend all day with patients, you take on a lot of what they're going through, whether it's emotionally, mentally, you know, spiritually, whatever it is. And so I kind of took that all on and I wasn't really good at creating those boundaries, letting go of things that aren't mine. Um, And then coupled that with some really kind of personal things that was going on and I realized what I had done is I just, like you said, I just kept working harder and harder. And I, and I was getting a lot of my self-worth and my self-confidence mm-hmm. through accomplishing things at work. And so I yep. just became a doer and I just did things all the time. You know, I would wake up, I'd go to work, I'd work ridiculously long hours and then I would go home and then I would work again. And it was just taking on all these projects and I was just working myself to this point where I started to believe that if I just worked harder and I just did more, I would feel better. And yep. combine <laughs> that you. with like, right. So combining that with not really handling my emotions and not really working out a system to deal with the background stuff. Um, eventually, you know, I just, I, I actually um, was, you know, quite depressed. I had a lot of anxiety and the turning point um, was actually, getting arrested at a supermarket <laughs> no oh yeah. i don't know the story so, either <laughs> so um it's kind of anyways it's, it's one of those where i was so 
it actually, it's, it's so weird even kind of thinking about it now, but I was so burnt out that my brain, when you're so stressed out that your brain is everywhere, but the present moment. Yeah. Um, I was going through the supermarket and I honestly just had this moment where my, my cart, I was just going down the aisle and this lady who actually wasn't really looking. So it was, I don't want to say like it's her fault, but really she bumped into me because she wasn't looking. But at this point I was so burnt out. My self-confidence was so low that she just kind of made this sound like, Oh, like I crashed into somebody's car, but it wasn't even directed at me, but I interpreted it to be directed at me. And I started having a panic attack and I felt like all the shells were closing in and like I was having difficulty breathing and I didn't want to have the panic attack in the supermarket. So I, rushed out as fast as I could and I was pushing those carts that actually have like the top tier and the bottom tier and I only paid for the top tier and I forgot about the bottom and I ran out of the supermarket <laughs> and then um security stopped me and was like excuse me ma'am you know you're you didn't pay for your groceries and we have to call the cops and then really I and then again me and my security run-ins so then I um had uh, had to sit in the security room and wait for the cops to show up and the cops come and they look at me and they're like well do you have and I kept just kind of being like I actually have enough cash in my wallet to pay for all these groceries and they were kind of like well then why didn't you and I'm like well I don't know how to explain this to you like I was just having a panic attack panic attack and really I could tell from their faces they were kind of like okay here we go like you know she's saying she had a panic Here's attack or whatever and I could tell and maybe it was my internal story, like, right? Like, and so anyway, so then I just remember having to convince them and they did a credit check and there's all this stuff and they eventually let me go. And I remember oh my God. the cop, I think, I don't know that he realized the effect of what he said to me, but he kind of said something along the lines of, if you're so stressed out that you're going to shoplift, why don't you just go learn not to be stressed? And I remember walking away kind of being like, hmm. in some way it's true. But you can't just tell somebody who's stressed to go learn not to be stressed, stressed. Yeah. right? It's like telling somebody who's yep. depressed to be like, well, just stop being depressed. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. It, it, you can't actually <laughs> do that. But it did trigger something in me in that I realized kind of, you know, at that moment, I, I mean, if they charged me, I would have had a criminal record and I could have lost my license. Oh, my gosh. And it hit me that. I really need to, you know, get my act together and figure out what's going on and deal with the stuff that I've been shoving aside for all this time and learning how to still be like, still be productive, but in a way where I was actually doing it the right way, not just being a busy bee all day long. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I, I definitely was one of the poster children for being a doer, not a being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there were so many things I was pushing aside because I felt like I was more worthy because I was busy because mm-hmm. it depended on mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I had actually, you just said something that really triggered something that I, I remember learning. Um, and it was actually, I had a, a coach who said to me, are you a human doing or are you a human mm-hmm. being? And yep. I think we have the same and, coach. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the same message anyway. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and, and, you know, I love how the universe provides these, what I call challenges, to us to wake us up, you know, out of mm-hmm. whatever fog we're in. Uh, and sometimes it has to be pretty severe. So we were like, boom, you know, like, wake up. <laughs> You're going to get arrested, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's divinely ordered. And I it, thank you so much for sharing that story. That is amazing. So how, like, what happened to you after that? Like how, I know you and we're going to talk about some strategies and, and things to help people, but you were really at where that place a lot of people were at, where, like you said, you can't just tell someone not to be stressed. So what did you mm-hmm. discover, like, on your hero's journey? The absolute first thing, um, because for a while I did what I did best, which was go online, read journal articles, do a ton of research, and just kind of overwhelm myself with information, which is kind of what got me there to begin with. But it was the only strategy that I really had. And the, the turning point, the absolute turning point was when I was then getting overwhelmed by learning about overwhelm. And <laughs> I... I kind of had to sit there and, and, and have – it really was actually at a point where I was really, really very close to hurting myself, um, mm, as in like like, like physically, mm. yeah, like, like suicidal thoughts. And I just remember being like, I, first of all, um, don't want to do this to the people around me because if I did hurt myself, yeah. it really was just going to cause a lot of other people a lot of hurt. And the second thing is realizing that you actually want to change. Mm. And I say that because a lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to go make this New Year's resolution and I'm going to go change this and I'm going to go do that. But you actually have to want to change. And when you want to change, it means re-examining all of your physical habits, your mental habits on through your mind. And it's, it's hard work. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really believing not just that you're going to add another habit to compensate for another bad habit. It really is taking a step back and being like, I, I'm actually truly, truly going to change, which means challenging every decision that you make, everything that you do, the order you do it in, asking yourself, why do you even care to do this thing that you're about to go do? And so it's quite deep. Like it's an internal decision that I am going to stop feeling like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that's super important. It sounds simple, but I know from myself and others around me that I've worked with is that when we think about, okay, this is going to be hard work to heal. Okay, the hard work we think it's going to be is to do more, you know. Like you say, like put, put in another habit, another habit, another habit, with, without necessarily stepping back and really making that commitment, wow, if I really want to change, that means i got to reevaluate everything I'm already mm-hmm. you know, doing, being, all those habits with, with compassion, with love, you know, um, and it's not doing more of what you're already good at, which is exactly to be. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Mm, it's a very important step. Oh my gosh. So, so at the end of the day, like what is stress anyway? Like what, why do we feel what we feel in our bodies? Like what's going on? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, we all understand the concept of like, you know, there's stressful events, there's stressful situations and there's certainly 
people who, who can stress us out. But really fundamentally, stress is the disconnect between a situation and our resources to deal with that situation. So in other words, it's really our body's perception that we may not be able to deal with whatever the situation is, whether it's work, home, relationship, finances, you know, lack of time, whatever it is. And because it stress is that perception, the, the perception of not being able to handle something, that is why stress is so different for everyone. An example that I really like using is, is roller coaster rides, right? Some people think it's a fantastic thrill and they love it and it makes them really that excited. Me. That's you? <laughs> Yeah, I love roller coasters. Oh, wow. Wow. So so that would, you know, be a thrill for you. But me, like for me, just thinking about getting on a roller coaster makes me nervous and sweat. And so, <laughs> like, so, yeah, so stress is, it's a perception. And that's why oftentimes when people say, well, I don't know what to do about this stress, I say, well, the first thing you have to do is shift the way you think about it and ask yourself, what resources do I need? to help me deal with this situation that's causing me stress. Ooh, I love this definition of stress. That makes a huge difference. And and the roller coaster analogy was perfect too. Like what one person thinks is awesome and amazing, you know, uh, the other another person can see is really awful and not what they want. Mm-hmm. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Now you talked a little bit before about you know, some thoughts and beliefs and, um, and uh, you know, so maybe share with us how does our negative self-talk contribute to this perception or stress in, in your, in your expert opinion? Yeah, so, so, so before I get right into that, I'm going to kind of help answer that question by defining kind of like good stress and bad stress, right? So oh, great. good stress in our lives is important. It actually motivates us. It'll help us achieve our goals. It'll help us reach um, reach our deadlines. And they're usually kind of mild and shorter duration, and it challenges you. But at the end of good stress, you tend to feel a sense of achievement. Bad stress, Mm. on the other hand, will cause you a lot of distress. It deters you from your goals. It reduces your cognitive function, like it paralyzes your mind. And it typically lasts a lot longer. And so once it's over, it leaves you feeling more depleted, right? And in the different Mm. types of stress, there's also like a true stress and an imagined stress, right? So a true stress is when you perceive something is stressful um, and then your brain releases a ton of hormones into your blood, and then these hormones will change your behavior, whether it's mentally, physically, right? So if there's true stress, like the threat is real, and so a classic example is you see a lion charging towards you, your hormones will kick in, and it, you know, kicks up your mental capacity, and it helps deliver oxygen to your legs so you can run, and, you know, keeps your pupils dilated so you can see better, like all these things your body's supposed to do. So that's true stress. Imagine stress is kind of the stuff we do to ourselves. So if you imagine sitting in a traffic jam, right, and which really isn't the same threat as facing a charging lion, but if you're sitting in this traffic jam and now you're sitting there thinking and imagining what's going to happen when you're late for work and -and so-and-so is going to say this to you and you're Mm. not going to get this thing done and all that kind of stuff, those things that you're imagining signals stress to your brain. 
And because your brain can't tell the difference between imagined stress and true stress, all it knows is you're going through stress. So now it's going to release the same amount of hormones through your body as if you were facing that lion. The same kind of hormones. Got it. And not only, right, so not only does sitting in that traffic jam cause the same type of hormones, if you were sitting at home and imagining a traffic jam, <laughs> it's the same thing in your head. So, right. like you said, back to kind of, you know, negative self-talk. Well, when you have a lot of negative self-talk, usually, right, when we say negative self-talk, it's things like criticizing yourself, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid or I'm so dumb or like, oh, I wish I didn't do that and I'm not worth it and, or I'm so useless or, you know, I wish I was smarter, more attractive or, you know, I'll never be able to accomplish that or I always screw up. What do people think about me? And, you know, I'm not as successful. All of these things that you say to yourself contribute to stress in two different ways. First of all, when you repeat these thoughts over and over again, your mind and your body actually start to believe in them. And so if you keep saying to yourself, I, I feel like such a failure or I am such a failure, then you start to feel like you're a failure. And because you believe that you're a failure, well, what do you do? You don't apply for that promotion that you think you should have, or you don't ask for that thing at work because you already feel like you're a failure and you believe that you're a failure. Right. And so when you then let your actions follow that thought, you're creating this reality that other people are better because that other person did apply for that promotion and you chose not to because you told yourself you were a failure. So that causes actual stress. And then the other thing about negative self-talk that, that contributes to stress is that usually it stems from um, a place of low self-confidence and low self-worth, right? And so if you have low self-confidence, you feel like you can't handle a situation. And at the very beginning, when we were talking about stress, we said stress is when you perceive you cannot handle a situation. So right. You don't have the when you're Exactly. So when you feel like you, when your self-confidence is so low and you never feel like you have the resources, then you're kind of sitting there stressing all the time, right? Because typically what will happen is you start worrying about things all the time, right? Like, so you imagine I, I can't do it and so therefore – if I didn't do it, then this is going to happen and this person will think this of me or what, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're making your body go through these events as if it were happening, right? And so your brain mm -hmm. interprets all of this as you can't do something. You can't handle it. That's why you're worrying. If you, if you thought you could handle something, why would you worry? So if you're spending yeah, all this time true. worrying, therefore you can't handle it. And therefore you're stressed out all the time. Oh, my gosh. I wish my mom would right. listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> She is the queen of uh, stress, and uh, I think sometimes there's a little, maybe a little addictive component there, but um, yeah, there's always this litany of things that she has to stress out about, you know, that's outside of her, but I think it's in the, at the end of the day, it's kind of what you're talking about is like not, you know, perceiving that we have those resources to handle whatever it is that comes along. And then, you know, for us sensitive souls, not having healthy boundaries and saying no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you, you've said something that's really important, which is I do actually think that there is a small addiction component because when your body is so used to having this flood of stress hormones and the cascade of hormones that happen after that in your body, 
it's almost like when you don't have it, you don't know what to do because your body is used to having a certain sensation. And so then you find things to create that sensation again. So then you find things to worry about and then you find things to stress about to create that same sensation Mm -hmm. in your body because that's where you're used to, right? Yeah, exactly. That's our norm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, heaven, heaven forbid. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't know about you, but when I was, uh, you know, going through this major stress burnout thing, um, for me it was an addiction too. It was a little bit of a high because when I was so-called accomplishing things and doing a lot of things, I felt good about myself at least temporarily <laughs> because I attacked mm. the doing and accomplishment with my self-esteem. So when I wasn't doing, when I was like, well, I wouldn't say I was even relaxed, but when I was not doing something, I would start to feel guilty. Like, and I wouldn't get that hit. Like, I am a good person. I am hardworking, you know, because in our family, in our Chinese family, maybe yours as well, it's all about working hard, you know, for for what you deserve and what you want. And, and although on the outside, my parents were saying, we don't want you to suffer and work as hard as we did, on the inside, um, it's just part of the culture in our family that, yeah, you know what, you're not worthy unless you really work for it. And so I felt guilty taking a vacation. I felt guilty not, you know, going to, you know, having a day off. I mean, just seemingly ridiculous things like that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely had uh, a stress addiction because mm-hmm. I didn't feel worthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so kind of back to that, you know, poor self-image, which I think, kind of is, is related to not having the boundaries, right? Um, I always say that you can, you can never outperform your own self-image. And so if you feel poorly about yourself, that's, that's what you're going to end up accomplishing. Hmm. Truly accomplishing. Yeah, you, you can always overcompensate. You perceive. Yeah, right. exactly. So if you <laughs> always that, say, I'm not, right? Yeah, so I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. So I'm going to keep going out there and doing all of this stuff to prove that I'm good enough. But at the end of the day, no matter how much you do, you still don't feel good enough. Right. It never, it was never enough. It was never never enough. enough. Exactly. Which is why Mm -hmm. you can never outperform your own self image. And so you have to be able to increase your own self image um, in order to, to be able to truly serve and truly do the things that you want to do without it being an overcompensation. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I like how you describe that. And I wanted to remind our listeners that uh, if you want some expert mentoring by Dr. Ellen Wong, who we're interviewing today, the burnout expert, uh, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Just hit one. So we know your hands up and we got a couple of people with their hands up. So, um, we're going to be uh, unmuting you in the near future. I got a few more questions for Ellen before we do that. But again, the number is 818-514-1190. And again, you can put your um, questions also in the chat if you are online, not on the radio show page per se, but on the chat. There's a chat button or link that you can click into and that uh, you can list your question there as well. Um, so Ellen, I wanted to sh- well, sh- I mean, you had mentioned to me previously, uh, which I thought was an amazing analogy, something about an emotional bank account. And then we'll get into some sort of practical strategies as well after that. So can you share with us what you what what, what this emotional bank account is you were telling mm-hmm. me about? Yeah. So I'm going to use a real bank account as an example to explain. Um, so let's say, let's say you have like $5,000 in your bank account, right? And you take out a dollar. That's no big deal. 
But if you mm-hmm. only have $2 in your bank account and I want to take out a dollar, that's a huge deal. Right? right. It, it feels different. So an emotional bank account is, is somewhat similar. Every time you have a positive thought, you're depositing money into your emotional bank account. And every time you have a negative thought, you're withdrawing money out of your bank account. Okay? And so your emotional oh. bank account directly influences how stable you feel emotionally and how ready you are for challenges and how resilient you are and how you make decisions and how you face decisions. And so in kind of psychology, there's, there's a, um, somebody's kind of studied successful relationships and the, the ratio is actually, it's not one-to-one it's for every relationship to succeed. And this is including the one you have with yourself the magic ratio is a minimum of five to one. You have to have at least five positive interactions per negative interaction to have a successful relationship. So then I kind of asked, you know, everybody who's listening, how many positive interactions do you have with, with yourself per negative? Like how much more often do we criticize ourselves instead of rewarding ourselves or saying good things about ourselves? Mm-hmm. And so, oh, so true, right? And so, I the three ways that I would recommend that we increase this emotional bank reserve that we all need to keep track of um, is three. So the three things is compassion, forgiveness, and gratitude. So for compassion, I would say that self love is really important, but the highest form of self-love is self-respect. And so sometimes when I have, you know, clients or patients, you know, we talk a lot about this stuff and then I would, you know, they, they tell me some of the things that they say to themselves about themselves. And then I would say, well, would you ever say that thought you just had about yourself to someone else? Like, would you look at somebody in the face and actually say that to them? And everybody's like, no, 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 why would I ever say that? And then I say, well, then if you're not going to say that to someone else, why would you bully yourself the same way and say that to yourself? Good point. Right? And then, so that was compassion. The second thing is forgiveness. And then I use in another analogy, and I would say if you, you know, if it was a close friend that did this thing or whatever it was, or, you know, it was your children that you made, that made that mistake, would you forgive them? And if the answer is yes, then you should forgive yourself. We are a lot harder on ourselves than we are on other people. Yeah, I can hear that. Yep, for sure. Right? Yeah, and then the last one is Mm. gratitude. And the thing I love about gratitude is that it's always positive. Like you can't actually have negative gratitude because in, in being grateful, you're being thankful for something, which is always positive. So my favorite practice to teach for, for gratitude is every morning when you wake up, write down three things that you're grateful for. And at the end of the day, write three awesome things that happened to you. And in doing so, in doing the gratitude practice, being forgiving of yourself and being compassionate to yourself, you're, doing, you're adding a lot more positivity so deposits into your emotional bank account. 
Ah, got it, got it. Now, I I know, uh, Dr. Allen, when I was going through, um, you know, this this whole healing for my burnout is that I absolutely needed what I call an accountability partner (laughs) Mm. because I wasn't necessarily going to – you know, change habits. It's like I had tunnel vision. Like I could only see what I could only see. So like, thank goodness I I met a spiritual mentor who then helped me and was very gentle and compassionate and could reflect those things for me. And I I did make the commitment to, you know, go to these classes. Five years, actually, I went to these classes, you know, and had healing sessions. So very, very committed because I I didn't want to die, basically. I wanted to live a healthy life. And so, um, so, I just noticed that um, sometimes we expect a lot of ourselves to be able to do this stuff on our own. So can you Mm. you speak about, you know, how important that is as far as accountability and having, you know, a mentor, you know, that kind of thing? Oh, that's a a really great question. And I think you've also kind of explained it a bit, which is just part of getting us, both you and me, to the burnout stage was because we felt like we had to do everything on our own. And we felt like we had to prove to everybody that we could do everything on your own. And part of that you want to change is accepting that you might need help. Mm. And that's okay. Because if you didn't get the help from someone else, the most likely thing you're going to do is try to figure it out on your own. Which is only going to lead to more burnout because you're sitting there worrying and stressing and trying to do all of this stuff and reading a little bit of this and trying that and reading a little bit and trying something else. And it doesn't really like you've almost got to find the way to do the right step, the right things in the right order in order for it to work. Piecing a little bit here and there and trying to throw it all together is only going to cause more chaos and more confusion. Right. Oh, and Ellen, I'm, I, Dr. Ellen, I'm sure you've seen where people have told you, I know that already, right? I get that, right? People say yeah. to me, I know that. I'm like, well, why are you not living that then? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, you know, I, I people are like, oh, I read this book, I read this book, I read, and I'm looking at their lives, I'm like, yeah, but you haven't put any of those things into action, and you don't have mm-hmm. anybody that you're accountable to. Not not that you're going to get in trouble by that accountability partner, but I tell them that the most successful, happy, prosperous people that I know have had at least one, usually multiple mentors, coaches, masterminds, accountability partners, where they can help stay on track. So if these super, mm-hmm. super successful, happy people need that, what about you? <laughs> like, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make and sometimes sense, it's, we expect us to do it. Yeah, no, and it's, you're right. Like, I see that a lot with people that are like, oh, I've read that book. Oh, I already know that is important. I'm going to say, yes, you do, but you haven't integrated it into your life. So what, yeah. one, where's the resistance? And two, are you really trying and just not being able to get over that bump? And it's about team problem solving. It's about working with a mentor and a coach to say, well, I'm, you know, great that you know it. Where, why is it not being integrated? And where is the block? Where is the obstacle for it to be integrated? Is where the mentor and the coach can help because now it's about bouncing ideas off of each other to find a way to integrate it. Because what's the point in mm-hmm. reading about it if you can't actually integrate it into your life, right? Oh, exactly. And I think, you know, the difference between a mentor and coach is like for you, you've gone through it personally, you know, you mm-hmm. can't come out the other side. And that is like the definition of a mentor. The mentor has actually succeeded 
already. And uh, I know with, you know, our mentors, Andy and Marcus from Wellness Leadership Academy, that, you know, sometimes they'll just say one little thing. I'll have all these questions, you know, and, and they'll say one little thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that just that just sped up my evolution like tenfold <laughs> because they've been there already. And I don't have to figure it out they know yes. exactly where the issue is. They go, this is the issue, this is what your thoughts are, and this is the solution, if you so choose. You know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, that's going to save me so much time. This is so mm-hmm. awesome. You know? mm-hmm. And you know what? The great thing about, you know, and, and you and I both work with, with, with Andy and Marcus, and I think one of the things is, is that I feel like sometimes, you know, our mentors teach us things, and then we assimilate them, we integrate them, we digest them, we learn from them, and then we can use the same knowledge base to teach someone else. And I actually find there's a lot of beauty in that connectedness to each other in this whole world because you and I teach two other people, those two people teach four people. And then it just kind of, we're like all working together to all feel better and help other people feel better. And absolutely. And the nice nice thing too, is that it's a two way street so, you know, the mentors also grow and evolve based on who they are helping. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't, isn't just a one-way, you know, thing. And I, that's what's beautiful about, like you said, mm-hmm. this community, this relationship growing, uh, like uh, in our spiritual vernacular, we would say growing the love and light, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we have some folks calling in here. So I just want to remind folks, if you want some expert mentoring from Dr. Ellen Wong today, um, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Again, 818-514-1190. Just hit 1 so we know your hand is up. And you can also post your questions in the chat, which I've opened up as well. So uh, let's segue to a question before we I go on with my questions. <laughs> That's okay, Dr. Ellen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to unmute. Uh, so a caller with area code 585. Hi, what's your first name? Hi, um, my Hello. name is Anna. Um, I'm I'm in your hey, Facebook Anna. group. Um, hi. Um, awesome. What so, questions do you have? Um, my question oh. is kind of um, sorry. That's my dog bark. Um, that's okay. My question is about um, addressing burnout um, and sort of stress um, when when you kind of don't have a lot of control over a situation um, because I think sometimes we get ourselves into situations um, that can cause more stress because of things that we do, or sometimes we're just sort of in these situations. Um, and, um, you know, for, for me, um, I'm 21 years old. Um, I'm in college. Um, I have um, some family, like my grandma is dying of leukemia. My dad has heart disease that he's not treating. Um, and my mom is caring for both of them and she's extremely burnt out. Um, and I'm trying to deal with the situation as best I can. Um, and I was, um, diagnosed with, um, high blood pressure or hypertension, um, at age 21, um, which is, um, alarming to me because basically like the stress that I'm under is making me sick. Um, and, um, I'm wondering if you, you know, have worked with young, young, younger people that are burning out because it's, it's it seems to be, you know, more and more common, like in people of my generation, um, you know, that were, especially students, that were, you know, stressed about grades and we all kind of compete, you know, to like, 
you know, get the best grades and be the most stressed out and take the most classes. And it's just like, um, like a competition, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's this horrible competition, and I think um, it's it's like a it's just like a stress culture. Um, so, you know, as far as like like dealing with some of the stress and and you know, so that I can, because my goal, like, you know, of course, as soon as I you know like realized like okay, I have high blood pressure, like it's affecting my body. Now my goal is to, is to reverse that. So I'm not, so I don't, so I'm not sick for my, for my entire life. Um, is like, what, what can I, what can I do? Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I, I think you sorry to hear you're going through so much. There's a lot going on in your life right now and I can completely appreciate why it would feel really overwhelming. Um, and it, it feels like I've tried everything. Um, it, you know, I, I eat a really healthy diet. Um, I don't smoke. I rarely ever drink. Um, you know, I try to exercise. Um, so it's really like I need to, I need to address this, this stress. Mhm. Mhm. So I I want to I want to answer your question um by by starting at at the the very beginning which is to say that you are going through a lot of stress and and the idea is a lot of it feels out of your control because it's other people but I will mm-hmm. say that how you respond to the stress is in your control. So feelings yeah. of being scared and all of that is is not in your control. But how you act based on those feelings is in your control. And so, I mean, again, I don't know all the details about your situation, but are you worrying about your mom being the caregiver and therefore are you taking on her role? Is that adding to your stress? Are you? Okay. Okay. So then if you are doing that, are you also doing that while you're trying to maintain a full course load and expecting yourself to perform really well in school? Yes. And I think that, um, you know, I sort of, I've, what I've been trying to do is sort of just like keep my head down and push through and take care of all my responsibilities mm. and get to all the places that I have to be. And often I hmm. find myself like rushing places, you know, rushing to go to meetings because I also, I have a part-time job. Um, mm-hmm. I, I take on, of course you do. <laughs> I take on a lot, I think, other people's feelings, mm-hmm. even though I know that it's not in my control. So it's like, I think about how to like, how to rewire my, my brain, um, you know, so that I, so that I feel more in control and so that I'm not mm-hmm. taking on things that, things that are my mom's and my dad's and my grandma's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, I think you've kind of, your, your exact words have, have pretty much nailed it is you're just trying to put your head down and push through everything. And the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, is if I were to be very blunt, if I may, is that, it's not possible to do everything that you're trying to do and do it all well. Because it sounds like you actually have three jobs. You're a caregiver, you're a student, 
and you have a part-time job. That's actually three different jobs that you're holding. And you're juggling so many balls that it's, you're bound to drop something. And the idea is feeling like you may drop something is very scary and out of control. Choosing what you will drop is in your control. And I'm not saying drop as in like give up and don't work and, you know, the, all the things come in like, oh, I need the money and whatever. And I'm not saying that. But I am saying you might be able to reexamine all the things that you're doing and decide which one of them really are your priorities in even the next 90 days. And then making a decision about what really is your priority in the next 90 days and then focus on that and do that well so that you feel good about your decision and then making a decision about your next 90 days. So instead of thinking about one decision where then you go, oh, but if I don't do this and I'm not going to do this and then what's going to happen to me when I graduate and then blow and it just kind of spirals, you Mm -hmm. can't possibly lay out every solution for everything, every step that you do forever. So let's dial it all the way back and go in the next 90 days, what is reasonable for me to do? And you may decide you're going to still do all three things, be the caregiver, be a student, and be the part, you know, have your part-time job. But maybe your expectations in each of those things can be lowered a bit. Mm-hmm. Right? So the analogy would be like maybe juggling all the balls but not juggling them as high. Right? Like you have to give yourself a little bit of room. And so I would say it feels overwhelming because you're trying – like one problem is rolling into another problem and you're trying to problem solve every scenario, every algorithm, every potential, you know, deviation from plan, just dial it all the way back and go in the next 90 days. What is the most important thing to me or what are the three most important things to me? And I'm only going to go do those three things. And that's enough. That's good. That's actually more than good enough. It's excellent. Yeah. Different perception. Um, thank you so much for that advice. I you're very welcome. And, You're very um, welcome. And I implement that. Yeah, and you can always and reach I've, out to me if you have any other questions yeah. or you want to get into more detail. I'm happy to, to do that with you, Anna. Thank you. Yeah, so definitely join the Aleum Nation Circle on Facebook. And, uh, you know, you can private message uh, Dr. Ellen as well and, and uh, you know, see if uh, there's something else that uh, can benefit you. But thank you so much for connecting with us today and calling in. And I think, you know, that's, uh, you know, courage, um, vulnerability, and you're already on your way to healing just, you know, by being here. So I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you. <laughs> and then you're just like 21, right? Like amazing. Uh, I think I, I, yeah, I, you know, Gosh, just her having the wherewithal to realize there is a different way and maybe that maybe there's some advice, you know, because at 21, Mm. are you kidding me? I wasn't going to listen to anybody. (laughs) Mm. Mm. I had my way. I was right. I was more educated than all my family members. I wasn't going to listen to anybody. So, uh, Anna, you're way ahead. (laughs) Yeah, and it really sounds like she's trying to do so much at her very best and then, you know, maybe not even giving herself credit for everything that she is doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you totally nailed it. You totally nailed it. Yeah, that uh, I, I love your advice. That's fantastic. Now, I know we have about uh, nine minutes left. If anybody wants to, again, get some expert mentoring from Dr. Ellen Wan, just raise your hand. The number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit one. Again, uh, 818-514-1190 and hit one on your dial pad. Otherwise, I don't know that you uh, want to ask a question. And you can also ask a question on the chat as well. 
So, um, Dr. Ellen, maybe you can share a little bit about, um, you know, what you do, how people can get in contact with you, if you have any, you know, programs or suggestions for people related to stress and burnout. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so, so um, a couple of things, actually. So one of the things that I um, – offer is um, mentoring with people who are feeling, you know, stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted. Um, And it is a 12-week program, and it helps people go through the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of stress, and it sets them up to create healthier habits, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, so that they come out after 12 weeks feeling a lot more calm, capable, um, and confident in their in their abilities um, to handle the stress because at the end of the day, stress is always going to happen in our lives. It's a matter of how you perceive the stress and what you can do to help yourself handle that particular situation or future situations to come. So in the program, I kind of go through um, learning how to recognize stress, like where it plays out in your body, how it affects you and what to do about it. Um, I talk about restoring the core, which is all about kind of eating and exercising and how to do it so that it's not stressful. Um, And then Mm. the last part is kind of realign your mind. So it's a lot of mindset stuff, talking about confidence, talking about setting up your day, how to be productive instead of efficient. Whereas, so efficiency is just getting things done. Productivity is actually doing things that work towards your goals. Oh, so lots good, of different things through the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what, uh, Ellen, I think that uh, you're really expert in that area. Um, so I'm learning from you from, you know, from that, that piece because I used to be just doing a whole bunch of stuff which may or may not be really important in the end. But the productivity mm-hmm. piece, uh, that's just a natural for you uh, to, to, you know, to teach that. And, uh, I mean, even the tidbits that I've learned has been extremely valuable. I won't go into details, but uh, uh, amazing. So, yeah, you've got those three stages in this program. That sounds amazing. So how, how do people get uh, connected with you? Uh, so, yeah, they can definitely Illumination Circle on Facebook, which is a, a closed Facebook group. But um, obviously, all of your listeners, uh, Dr. Karen, are all, all welcome. Um, and so there I'll be sharing a lot of tidbits about managing stress and burnout. Um, they can definitely message me through Facebook um, at just Ellen Wong. Um, and if they have any questions that we didn't get a chance to address today, I can do that there. Or they can just email me, um, ellen at com. If they have questions or want to learn more about the program or how to work with me, I'm, again, more than happy um, to answer questions there. The two other things that I kind of wanted to offer, I know we may be running out of time, but two other things I wanted to offer all of your listeners today, um, I get a lot of questions. I teach a lot about mindfulness and meditation, and I get a lot of questions about how to meditate um, if your brain is already all stressed out and, and whatnot. And so there's this one um, feedback device that I've used to learn how to meditate and it's called the Muse headband um, and it's very mm. cool so you basically wear it like a headband and it's your it's a meditation assistant so it gives you feedback when your mind wanders which it will because all of ours do um, <laughs> and so what it will do is actually increase the background music which is really nice they're usually like rainforest or like you know water or things like that and so it'll increase the background music the moment it senses your brain wanders and then when you come back to focusing on being still and mindful and breathing the 
background music will decrease and it rewards you by sending you birds. So it'll chirp in the background. And so it's training you to bring your focus and attention back to your breath, which is what meditation is kind of all about. Um, and so if your listeners are interested in, in working with Muse and, and, and learning to meditate with that, I believe I sent you a link and they can get a discount at the checkout if they're interested. Um, if I didn't yeah, send you the great. link, remind me and I'll, and I will send it I back to you. I do have a link. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So folks, yeah. So it's on, it's on my personal page. Uh, we posted all, all that information on the radio show page as well. Um, and I know you actually had the uh, planner as well, which I think I might get. Um, so those of us that are high achievers uh, can use Yes, your and you definitely you so are, for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I need that. Thanks for the discount code, Ellen 10. That's, that's great. Now we have uh, one more caller, I believe, with their hand up. So we have about five minutes left. Uh, is that okay, Dr. Allen, if we... Yeah, address absolutely. This absolutely. Okay, so I hope this is a different. Per- I, I forgot to write down the first phone number. So uh, let me just see. Nine four nine. Who's this? Area code nine four nine. Okay, Hello. so we answered your question, right? Hi. Yeah. So um, I kind of have a little bit of the opposite problem in a way. I tend to get. Oh, okay. The other Anna. And- okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. We have Anna and Anna. Sorry. This is Anna, <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hi. So I have such a tendency to become overwhelmed and, and really stressed out that I've, um, I'm having trouble getting going again. Mm. Like, I, I just have a lot of resistance to, um, yeah, to my, um, I, I have a lot on my plate and I'm having some resistance <laughs> really working too hard because I know I tend to work too hard. I, you know, when I was a kid, I ended up working three jobs because I was trying to avoid my thoughts. And, mm. um, and I don't want to do that. But I also, you know, I had an injury. You're going through a lot of physical for a long healing time. too now. Right. I'm going through a lot of physical healing. I had surgery recently and they did the IV antibiotics. So my gut brain connection isn't quite where I'd like it to be right now yet. Um, I'm working on that. Um, but, yeah, I haven't been able to be as active. So um, I had emergency appendectomy, and so not allowed to use my core. I'm a yoga instructor and a Pilates instructor, and, I, and that's helped me a lot because the movement every day is really good for the way uh, I'm wired, mm-hmm. and I'm not able to do that. So I'm, now, I'm, you know, now I'm slowed to such a point where I don't want to go again. <laughs> I have to really... Mm-hmm get moving again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've actually hit full on burnout, which is that point where you're lacking the motivation um, towards things that used to mean a lot of, a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sense. would say it sounds like, when did you have your surgery? Uh, two weeks ago, Friday. Okay. <laughs> 15 days ago. That's you, really recent. A, right. You're such a high achiever that you're already upset that you're not back at it, and it's been 15 <laughs> days. So. Yeah, and I was going to be imagining in my head, I'm like, maybe she's going to say a year or two years, and that's why she's very frustrated. <laughs> but no, it was two weeks ago. My dear Anna. <laughs> so for you, I think – First thing you have to remember is that your body has the right to heal. 
right? If you used a lot of your body to help you be the instructor and all that kind of stuff, you actually have to give your body a chance to heal. You're not failing. You're not falling behind. Your body isn't useless. It's none of those things. It deserves time to heal. And you actually have to give it time to do that. So I actually not, like, I feel like once you give yourself a bit of rest, and, and I don't want to get into super details about how you can kind of help the recovery process, and definitely feel free to, to message me and we can talk a little bit more detail about that. But you've got to Thank give you. yourself a reasonable time to go through a recovery process. And then after that, I would say it's the same same kind of thing where you have to decide you've got to ease back into it slowly. You can't go from zero to 100 because your body's going to react by producing a ton of stress hormones again, and then you're going to crash again. So what you have mm-hmm. to do is as you ease your, your way back in, make a decision about what's the most important thing for you to ease back into first. And then we're going to focus on that. And once you get that rolling, you can add one more thing in. Your body isn't okay. meant to go from zero to 100. Okay, you're going to re-trigger all of the hormones and all of the settings that you had before in your in your body and your brain. So you have to reset it by going into it slowly. And the way you're going to go into it slowly is actually picking your priorities and things that you care about. And if you've suddenly decided everything is a priority, then I'm sorry mm-hmm. to tell you, you haven't made a decision at all because it cannot be possible that everything is a priority. If everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. Right. Right. So you have to make mm-hmm. a decision about and you may not like it. And that's part of the growth is that you are probably such a high achiever that not doing all of it somehow means you're failing. You're not failing. You're just recovering. Mm-hmm. And recovery is supposed to take time. And if you push through this too fast, your body will crash in another way. Mm-hmm. So when you give yourself a reasonable time to recover and two weeks is not a reasonable time, you've got to give yourself more than that. Once you're done that, pick priorities and be reasonable about priorities and slowly ease back into it. Don't let yourself go back into the all or nothing mentality, okay? Okay. I really appreciate that, Dr. Elm. Oh, you're very welcome. And again, wow. message me and we can talk about specifics. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm, really helpful. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Thank you, Anna. Wow, great, uh, great mentoring coaching there. So, um, Dr. Allen, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I definitely think we need you back again. <laughs> I would love um, to be getting back. Into, yeah, a little bit uh, into you know other areas. Uh, I mean, we we could have talked for probably four hours, but um, um, I love the questions, um, and uh, I just love how you can just. Boom, just, you know, pinpoint, you know, uh, give advice uh, based on your experience as a naturopathic doctor, as, you know, someone who's gone through it yourself. Um, We really, really appreciate the time that you spent with us here on Light Warrior Radio. We can't wait to see you come back. Thank you. And can I just say one thing before we go? For you, Dr. Karen, you are an amazing interviewer. (laughs) Helps to be a sensitive, so you can sense and feel. No, I was going to say I loved chatting with you, and it was it was so comfortable, and it was great, and you asked really thoughtful questions, and I really appreciated you inviting me, and and you know you taking the time to have this conversation with me. 
Mm, my pleasure. It was super fun for me. I, I usually have so much fun with people on the show, and um, I know you've, we've given, you've given a lot of gems today, and I think people can listen to this over and over again, actually, uh, because you can, I mean, I can feel and, and um, the deeper layers of what you're saying, because sometimes we hear something, it doesn't quite get it. We don't quite get it in our system. Um, part of us does. But then we listen to it again and they're like, oh yeah, she said this and I'm still doing that. and You know, that kind of thing. So this will be a really nice legacy piece, I think, uh, for both of us. So again, thank you and thanks everyone for listening in. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank Lots you. Bye. Bye.